0: good morning welcome to our webinar on running effective mail fundraising campaigns we're excited that you're with us whether you're watching it live with us right now at 10 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time or you're watching it at some other point in time in the future we're glad that you were able to join us for this time. This is our first and what you'll see is a regular weekly live hangout that we're gonna have here. Uh, I'm joined today by Hugh Ballou. Hugh is our founder and president of Centervision Leadership Foundation. He's here today, actually set in Blacksburg, Virginia, with Bill Gilmer. Bill is the president of Wordsprint. Bill and the organization have been working with nonprofits since 1990. The organization itself has been in existence since 1986. Bill is an expert when it comes to running effective male fundraising campaigns and we're so excited to have him here with us bill is a father of two he's got two young girls and i'm certain he's ready for them to get back to school um, bill it's it's great to have you with us bill Hugh, take it away
1: greetings everyone um, we're sitting in southwest virginia in the mountains on a nice cool day and um... we're actually queued up with some coffee um, made a, a nice pot of uh, Kenyan AA coffee, fresh roasted, so we're we're gathering our coffee, so we'll, we'll stay awake today by drinking coffee. It's in the morning in the East Coast, and if you're watching this on the West Coast, it's probably early, this will replay on centervisionleadership.org um, on our community for community builders. A couple of weeks ago, I attended my normal Rotary, and this man presented this program. And he said we've done some research on how how nonprofits can improve their response to mailings. And so um, I had some conversations with uh, with the man that made that presentation, Bill Gilmer. And um, I, I listened to this presentation, and I said, this guy has a niche. He knows how people can frame their mailings, time them. And, and target the right people for the right message. And so, all of us in church, nonprofit, and social benefit work really struggle with staying in touch with our stakeholders, stay in touch with our community builders, and stay in touch with the people who are fans and advocates for what we do. And so, I've asked Bill to come and, and do this session with us, and Bill will have an article in the December issue of Nonprofit Performance Magazine and uh, below this video on the replay page we will have uh, a handout for you so you can read the notes about how to have more effective presentations mm-hmm. so bill that was a pretty good introduction he gave you um, i I've, I've enjoyed getting to know you in the in the short term and I've enjoyed <clears throat> picking your brain likewise <clears throat> and um, so your niche is um, helping nonprofits formulate a campaign with their constituents. So tell us a little more
2: about that. I'm probably not saying it just right. It is a niche uh, and I think it's best understood if you understand how we got into it. Years ago back in the 1980's uh, that Todd referred to, we were a printing company and we had mail services and we started paying attention to some of the pieces that came through our plant and how many of those were solicitation pieces for nonprofits trying to raise money and We got keenly interested in this because uh, these were our favorite clients. These people were out there changing the world, doing great things. And we saw the pieces that came through the plant and we would design them, we would print them, we would mail them, we would start working with their mailing lists, with their databases. And as the years went by, we drove upstream more and started asking questions about, did it work? Did you get a good response? And we started collecting uh, data from dozens of clients over the years. Uh, Cut our teeth on Christian Radio. We had some Christian Radio clients that uh, send out solicitations monthly. Mm We did a lot of work for uh, public radio, for uh, college development, for uh, free clinics, for YMCA's, for uh, United Ways, on and on. Uh, For the arts too, for for theaters, for uh, uh, entertainment organizations that are non-profit. And we started seeing patterns. We started uh, bringing in more data, and what we're measuring, of course, is response rate, average gift, uh, just how successful that appeal mailing really is. And based on that, we came up with a model, and it's a working process. We continually tweak it, Mm -hmm. and uh, things do change slowly. You know, the recession has some some impact on, on donor patterns. But in a nutshell, we came up with a a philosophy if you will, a, uh, a model of how to do effective appeal mailings and it works and now we've taken that out proactively and we are going reaching out to nonprofits to share with them this information. We're not the strategist. You know there are people that are a lot smarter with us developing overall strategy for a, a nonprofit in terms of fundraising. If you want to use the, uh, what was Ken Follett's book, uh, Pillars of the earth, the uh, building of cathedrals. We're not the architects. We're the people that are out there laying the bricks.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And in the process of laying the bricks, we've noticed a few things that work better than other ways. And that's the information we're sharing, sharing how to uh, get those appeal mailings to really work.
1: You got my attention with a really important um, percentage, percentage, percentage. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, what works and what doesn't work. and. Um, we work with Center Vision. works with lots of different churches and nonprofits. We spend a, a huge amount of time making sure that it really looks good. That right. The appearance is great because we think that's going to get us results. So what did you find out? What's the percentage of that in the to- overall
2: picture? That's fascinating. Great question. Um, you may have heard of what we call the three L's. The three L's are the letter, the list, and the look. And in traditional thinking, that's what you need you need a good letter, you need a good message, Uh, you need to articulate your cause well, Mm -hmm. uh, your need, the impact your organization has. Mm -hmm. That's the letter. The list, the names, who do you mail to? And then the look. What does it look like? And 15 years ago when I talked to people about appeal mailings, that's all they talked about were the three L's. The letter, the list, and the look. We started taking a closer look, if you will, at that and realized those are three components, but there is a fourth that's very important. We found, first of all, that the look was not that important. The look is not that important.
1: Now, you have a graphic design department and copywriter yeah. to help people with this, and you're saying...
2: Right, it was very humbling to discover that. Was it? And it took some courage to admit that. <laughs> to I'm Start sure. broadcasting that out, but uh-huh. what we do in terms of making it look all beautiful and full color and all this beautiful stuff, is not that important. It's like a three-legged stool. You've got the other three legs, and the look might be the upholstery on the seat. Oh, so if it looks really bad, it could be distracting. Distracting, maybe. But that all the upholstery in the world is not going to work if you don't have those three legs in place. Oh, those three legs are, and we we say roughly that those three legs account for about 30% each of the success of an appeal mailing, mm-hmm. and the look the look feel is about 10%. Wow. Now that varies a little bit, organization by organization and you know, strategy by strategy, but in general. The three legs. <clears throat> One is indeed the look. We call it the message. Uh, it is how well you articulate your cause, uh, how well you talk about the impact that your organization has uh, in, in the community that you serve. Say that again. Impact. Impact of... The organization. Yeah, their, their money
1: has impact. Their yes, donation. Yes. That's a key point, isn't
2: it? It is. And when we work with organizations about the message, the, the, the letter, uh, most of our clients are very good at knowing why they go to work every day. It, what, you know, it lights their fire. It's the, the reason they they're so impassioned about uh, doing what they do. I would say the one bit of improvement they could make is to talk a little bit more about the impact mm-hmm. rather than the need. Mm-hmm. The need is easy. We, we see the need. That's the why. Right. Yeah. I want to I know, donors want to know, will my money have an impact? Oh. So, that's the message. Okay, the list is important. We call it the people. Mm-hmm. The right message to the right people, like Marketing 101. right message to the right people. This gets a little bit more difficult, especially in today's fluid society. Uh, is your message, is your letter really hitting the people that you think it's hitting or the people it should be hitting? Uh, The US Post Office keeps statistics on this and they say that 40% of all mail does not reach the intended recipient. 40%? 40% 40%. Databases are difficult to manage to keep up to date, uh, especially if you do any solicitations to businesses people change positions, Mm -hmm. you know your letter might might not get to the right person in that position now So we do a lot of work with uh, clients on database management, how to improve the list, how to keep it clean, uh, how to create a database culture in your organization. Uh, We can talk some more about that later. But, yeah, the right message to the right people. The look, as we said, not as important. The other big component, though, the third leg of the stool that we discovered, and this is the one that not only surprised us when we saw it, but it also continues to surprise us. It continues to assert itself as being a very important leg of the stool.
1: Drum roll? Third, third leg is? Third
2: leg is the rhythm. The rhythm? The rhythm. The right message to the right people with the right timing. There's something magic about consistency and repetition and I, I might betray my BA uh, in religion background to talk about as humans on the planet what a cyclical experience that is for us. But there's something about consistency and repetition that allows humans to achieve their greatest. And there there have been all kinds of studies done on this in all sorts of realms, whether it's professional athletes or great musicians Mm -hmm. or it is the day in and day out rhythmic application and practice that renders these high results. Well in the nonprofit appeal realm. It is the rhythm and consistency of the appeal. And all I mean by this is, you get the best brains in your organization together.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe you talk to some of your best donors. Mm-hmm. Maybe you talk to Center Vision. You determine what, how many touches you want to have by mail with your prospect donor base in the year. It might be two times, might be four times. It really depends on might be monthly depends on the organization. But let's say for example you decide that you're going to do a spring appeal mailing and you're going to do a a year-end mailing in November. Mm -hmm. Those are going to be your two big and the other two seasons you're going to do an informational newsletter. Once you establish that pattern, if you want those two appeal mailings to reap results, you need to apply that pattern rhythmically and consistently for three years at least.
1: Three years? Yeah, we
2: found that after about three years you start to get the traction. What doesn't work is to try it once and say you know it just didn't work for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's why. Let me borrow an analogy from the um, from the for-profit world. You've heard of top-of-mind recognition in marketing. Mm-hmm. Let's say I <clears throat> I run a lawnmower store. Why don't you explain that top-of-mind. Okay. Here's how it works. I run a lawnmower store. I sell lawnmowers. And I send out a postcard every month. Advertising my lawnmower specials and you get one every month What I'm going to learn very quickly is you do not come run into my store to buy a lawnmower when as soon as you get my postcard Right, you don't buy because you get the postcard right you come run into my store when you need a lawnmower Yes, and the question is when you need the lawnmower whose name comes top of mine mine or my competitors. Yes. The reason I mail those postcards every month is to keep top-of-mind recognition so that you come to me with that need. Now somewhat similar in the nonprofit realm, it's not top-of-mind recognition so much so much as it is trust. There is an element of trust in an organization that is established in many ways. It is established by the conversations, by the presence, by the branding, by the impact but it's also established by the rhythm of those touches.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Example, somebody says to you that Dr. Smith would be a good donor. So you add Dr. Smith to your mailing list and you mail him that spring appeal mailing. I hate to break it to you, Dr. Smith is not going to cut you a check for $500 that spring. I mean, one in in a thousand times maybe. Nor the next fall, nor the next spring, but in the third year and this is assuming you're doing other things right, in the third year with that rhythm you've established more trust and his chances, his odds of stroking you that check are much higher.
1: Now You've just hit a really key point um, in, in my leadership development work. I ta- in, in ministry work and nonprofit community leadership uh, relationship is the basis of, of leadership. Relationship is the basis of ministry. Relationship is also the basis for communications. Yes. And so, what you're describing to me is a form of cultivating that relationship. You're building that trust. You're building a relationship. So I understand that people think of who they had a contact with in the last thirty days. Mm -hmm. So it's top of mind. Right. So we're we're we're, even though we don't have a new message, we we have some connection with them. Here's what's happening. We maybe it's nice to have something new, but here's an update on what we've been doing. I think people who have donated too want to know what's happening. Yes. And what's the result of that donation? So I think there's two sides of this. There are. Mr. S- Dr. Smith may not contribute right away, but he may have contributed, and he might say, you know, they're really doing stuff. When I make my next donation, I'm going to make sure right. they get part of
2: it. And most of the organizations we work with do a couple of hard ask mailings like that where they ask Dr. Smith for money, but they also do at least two, three touches where it's information only. Mm-hmm. News, newsletters, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's the email campaign, the blog, whatever it is, that keeps Dr. Smith in the know of what's going on with the organization.
1: That's a key point. It's, yeah. Um, and we get so busy doing the work of the nonprofit, like our church, and we expect people just to know it <laughs> without really. And and I encourage people to have a communications point person mm-hmm. that manages that, mm-hmm. that messaging. Yes. This is Hugh Ballou, founder of CenterVision Leadership Foundation, and talking to Bill Gilmer today. If you've uh, joined us late. Bill is the president of a company called Wordsprint. and I've been getting my my printing done there for a long time. Never met Bill until a few weeks ago when he addressed my Rotary group, and found out he was an expert in what I I think is one of the biggest challenges that churches and nonprofits face: is how do we keep in touch with our donors, and how do we build a value proposition that they know why they need to donate and what's happening with their money. Now I, I work with some internet marketers, some really big big folks and they're Mm -hmm. they're friends of mine. and One of them sent a message out last week and um, uh, I've been watching my emails and 20% open rates considered really good. Mm -hmm. He said what's typical now is 10% even 5% and the big guys that are out there making a lot of money Doing email marketing, and found out that the open rate has diminished significantly. Yeah. We're buried in these emails, mm-hmm. and I I said, oh, I want to get this email pretty soon. I got a hundred of them coming in a day, and I went, What have I done? <laughs> and so the result here is I don't open any of them. <laughs> so and there's probably other people out there like me. Right. So let's talk about we, we try to do it all by email, mm-hmm. but you're going back to the old. We went back to paper. Paper.
2: Yeah. Um, several reasons. One is in terms of inviting people to an event great right. emails, super social media is great in terms of keeping people in the know of what's going on those are excellent avenues in fact we our company provides these multi-channel marketing uh, systems for up for, for clients we believe in the multi-channel approach but when it comes to actually asking for money it's gonna be a long long time before electronic overtakes paper there really? is a trust and comfort level of stroking the check or writing down the credit card, sticking it in the mail, there is a... It's a, if you do... I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Direct Marketing Association probably does. The vast majority of donations are done the old-fashioned way and will be for a long, long time. Gracious. Um, so yeah, we do. And, and the other thing that's happened is that you probably read some of the articles recently. Scientific American had one recently about the resurgence of paper in terms of retention and understanding of content. You know that the, they do uh, studies on like school kids and give them the same story uh, electronically and the same story on paper, and then do the reading comprehension. Reading comprehension is 30 percent higher when it's paper. Really? Yeah, and it's not. You know, it, they've discounted a lot. Of, it's not just the glare and the screen and the things you might think. There's mm-hmm, something spooky mm-hmm. going on there. Maybe it's the smell of the words. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's, it's something, something, about, it, something yeah. about it. Something yeah. about it. So yeah, yeah, we are big believers in. The fundraising aspect being done now. There, are, you know, I'm not saying that there are not social media campaigns that work. We work with clients all the time doing things like, you know, crowd tilts and these other uh, things that'll uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that'll raise money. Um, we have a client just a few months ago that raised $35,000 in 30 days on a little Facebook social media campaign that they designed and executed themselves. So there are places for that, but for the backbone of an organization's uh, appeals. We highly recommend. I mean, mm-hmm. the statistics show you do the mail, mm-hmm. do the mail piece.
1: And what I'm hearing you say is you're cultivating long-term, permanent relationships, yeah. so people are on board for the long term. Yes. And that this this flash campaign you just talked about for lack of a better word, right, it may be a one-time phenomenon. Could be.
2: Could be. I, I don't really know the long-term result. We haven't analyzed that one yet. But no. Yeah. But for long so. for long-term relationships, nothing beats yeah the letter that you get in the mail.
1: Well, it, it sounds like you've you've lived in the trenches and really done the research, mm-hmm. and you showed me on your computer there's some stats that you
2: keep, so you know mm-hmm. you have real yes. stats to back up yes. what you're talking about. Yeah, and like I said, this is not self-serving in any way because, in fact, it says that the part we do is not that important, <laughs> making it look pretty. But let me let but me. But this is what works. If you yeah. want something that works, this is what works.
1: Well, I went to you for my campaign. Because you know what works, and you help me put. I don't want to have to figure it out. Right. So uh, I went to the expert. Right. And so what you do is you help design it, then you mail it, mm-hmm. then you keep track of stats. Right. And so then you advise me on what to do next. How to improve it. Yeah. yeah. And you and I are on the verge of a campaign for, for my yes. business. Yes. Um, as, and we're going to talk about CenterVision before this over. But okay. um, I'm talking to Bill Gilmer today, and I'm gonna. I'm uh, word spread. He's uh, got a niche. And um, the niches where we need to scratch, we got we got a hole. We are not we're not getting the money we need to get from the people that know about us because they don't know the right stuff, and we're not cultivating the relationship. Right. I want to stump you here a minute. It's a trick question. Okay. If if I give people a, a place to ask questions, would you be willing over the next months to respond to questions?
2: Absolutely, love to. We right. would love to share what we've learned because it helps nonprofits and non-profits make the world a better place.
1: Yes. Um, and we've we've reframed nonprofit, um, which is the technical word. Really, the technical word is non-tax, but we know the word nonprofit <laughs> to be a generic <laughs> description. Right. But it's a non-tax or uh, tax-exempt organization. Mm-hmm. We're really in the social benefit work. We're providing mm-hmm. benefit to society, whether yes. we're church or nonprofit, educational, mm-hmm. um, membership organization, whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of value that, and, and I'm a champion for changing the term, changing the language. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we change our thinking. Mm-hmm. And what you got me doing is changing my thinking about, oh my word, why am I trying to do this? I don't know anything about it. Why don't I, right. why don't I talk to somebody that knows right. some about it? Exactly. So we're we're going to have a link below this. If you don't see it yet, come back tomorrow. We'll have a link where we'll. Bill's given us a handout, and we're going to do a short post on the vlog if it's okay about okay. some of the some of the key points maybe from the handout. And then in there there'll be a place for people to ask questions. Okay. And so we can have an interactive session. Um then eventually we'll have a chat space up and we may invite Bill to do a live chat with us at some point. And he'll be on his computer and you can be on yours, and we'll we'll have a session with uh, specific questions. But in the meantime, send your questions to info at centervisionleadership.org org. It's the URL at the top of the page. Centervision, it's S Y N E R, like the word synergy, but part of it, S Y N E R V I S I O N, Leadership.org, and just send it at info with that that URL and we will get back to you, we promise. So um what's if if people wanna talk about this, mm-hmm. they wanted to um, and, and on your handout, I hope you have a contact information mm-hmm. for man mm-hmm. So if they wanted to to engage you in conversation. Does that mm-hmm. cost any money? No, no. So they could call you and pick your brain
2: or send you an email? Yes. In fact, uh, the consulting world probably hates us because we are still driven from that model of being a printing and mailing company and don't really bill for anything until there are tangible pieces of paper involved. <laughs> but, you know, we would love to share what we've learned. Uh, we, we find it fascinating, we find it helpful, and uh, we would love to share. And that's our whole philosophy here at Center Vision mm-hmm. is to provide value
1: to people. And then should they want to engage you, they know that you know sure. what you're talking about. Yeah. You provide value first. Mm-hmm. Now, you have done, uh, you do lots of campaigns. You mentioned a few mm-hmm. types of organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about one that's been really successful and why. And then um, was there one you picked up that they'd had some trouble with and it was not successful? I'm sure we all have right. success stories and ones we wish we, did, we could
2: improve. Let me talk about the non-success first. Really? (laughs) I'll uh, save the high points for later. The campaigns that we're involved with that are not successful, and and this, despite our best efforts, continues to happen, and here's why. We talked a moment ago about the right message to the right people with the right rhythm and the importance of that rhythmic nature, building trust Mm -hmm. to make an appeal campaign successful. We say it's like diet and exercise, mm-hmm. that doing it once is probably not going to help you very much. Mm-hmm. We have clients who come to us, and despite our best advice and encouragement and suggestions, want to do it just once. It happened just two months ago. We had an organization came to us, and they had spent a lot of money on a designer to come up with this beautiful, full-color piece. It was advertising a child care program uh, it was a non-profit organization, a uh, mm-hmm. non-tax organization, and they needed to bring in another three hundred and forty thousand dollars to complete the project. Well, they just want to do it once, one-time mailing. We can't make a one-time mailing work. Mm-hmm. It's like a an exercise coach cannot get you in shape from one workout. Mm-hmm. And we did it because they asked us to, and we did it. and you know, it, it had some success, but it was nowhere near the returns and the average gift amounts that we are like, that we like to see mm-hmm. from the repetitive rhythmic mailings that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the story that happens again and again on the failures. The, the most common story is it fails because it was a one-shot deal. Mm-hmm. I talked to a client this morning, reason I was a few minutes late this morning, I was with a client here in Blacksburg and I came over to talk to them about their mailings and they said, you know we tried that scholarship idea one time last spring and it just didn't yield the results. Mm. And I bit my tongue I almost said, you know, I tried dieting last October 3rd and it didn't work for me either. <laughs> I tried working out once last May and it didn't work out for me. <laughs> it just it doesn't work that way. It, it is the rhythmic application with the right message to the right people, but with that rhythmic repetition. Now, some of the better results we've had—gosh, uh, I can go on and on here. Um, the uh, Christian radio stations that we work with uh, taught us a lot of what we know hmm. about about appeal mailings because. Uh, They know how to do it. They've been doing it for years. I mean, ever since Jerry Falwell, way back, Mm. there were uh, there's been uh, a a lot of direct mail expertise garnered over you know for for that type of uh, ministry, Um, and just by repetitively hitting the right people with that rhythmic message. Now, it's a little different than raising money for a free clinic. I mean, this gets very complex. If you're a radio station trying to raise money your donor is the recipient of your services. Mm-hmm. If you are a free clinic trying to raise money, your donor is not the recipient of your services. Mm-hmm. Huge difference in how you can ask and mm-hmm. how often you can ask. And you know, The, the free clinic is going to ask twice a year. That radio station might ask every month because the donor is the recipient and feels like they want to give back. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> The people that do well are the ones that find, discover that rhythm, and keep doing it. The most successful, the single most successful campaign we did was actually in the uh, arts world. It was a uh, a theater uh, complex, nonprofit, and the magic that worked here was uh, there was some rhythm. They had had some preceding rhythmic mailings. We did a lot of work on the right right people. We discovered they had a database of ticket buyers that had attended shows that had never been asked for money. And so we did a lot of work of cleaning up the uh, address accuracy and the name accuracy on this hunk of uh, ticket buyers. The other thing that really worked was the multi-channel thing that I mentioned. We timed this mailing to coincide with a free radio um, ad that they had as a nonprofit. They had the newspaper interviewing them for the same campaign. And by the time my mailer hit, people had heard the catchphrase of the campaign several times radio, the public TV station, and the newspaper. And so it resonated because of that multi channel and the campaign, I think it was a seventeen percent response rate and the average gifts were, you know, extremely high. Were they? Yeah. So the timing thing is very important. Timing thing is incredibly important. The coordination. Coordination of the multi-channel approach.
1: Multi-channel, yeah. 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 I understand people have to have a number of impressions before they even remember you exist.
2: Exactly. And like, we find it's about, you know, if you're doing two to four times a year touch, three years, you're talking probably 10 or 12 times of hearing that message before you start to see that snowball effect, that traction. Mm Mhm. Mhm. That's why we say three years, because we're assuming about two to four. So you're getting eight to twelve touches. Now, I would assume there's some residual results
1: from the first one. Sure, ongoing. Sure, sure. you sure. have, you and, have and, and, results, but they go up. You'll have some results right away. Okay.
2: Uh, the one I just told you about that was the failure, of the the one-time campaign. They had a very small percentage. You know, less than less than half a percent return. Wow. The national average of all direct mail is one percent. One percent is kind of. Easier your benchmark. If you want to measure all direct mail, all categories throughout the country one percent. So you want to do at least that <laughs> if you want to be better than average. But most of our clients, it depends on the list and it also depends on who you're asking. Uh, famous quotation from one of our clients when I asked them what their average response rate was. It was a new client. I was trying to get a feel for how their campaigns would run and I asked her how what percentage rate you get on your on your uh, appeal mailings and she said well Bill that depends on who I'm mailing to. If I mail to my entire database, it's about one percent. If I mail to my top twenty donors, it's about one hundred percent. Interesting. <laughs> and I said, Ah, oh, yeah, I guess you have one there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, there are different kinds of mailing, sure, as well, absolutely, as well. So this, there's so, a whole matrix here. That brings up a whole different topic of how do you uh, get the best results from your top donors, and and obviously, the best thing. Is the one-on-one conversation, and we look at our work on the appeal mailing side as a way of handling the masses, <laughs> so that you and the organization can focus on those top donors with personal conversations. Uh-huh. because the, the the top dog has got to see you, eyeball mm-hmm. to eyeball, mm-hmm. and it, there's nothing that replaces that. So you know that then that that is not our area of expertise of how to have those major gift conversations, but I will tell you that is where that is where an organization should put its most effort internally, I think. Mm-hmm. Because they know those people, and, and they know how to talk to them, and you know they can show that appreciation face-to-face. But nonetheless, you take your list. Let's say you're mailing to... Uh, well, let's take an example. Uh, there's a theater that we do work for that has about 30,000 names on their uh, mm-hmm. appeal list, and they mail a year-end mailing to 30,000 people. Well, of those, about 7,000 are recent and good donors. So what our company does, we help them with the preparation and the design, and then we we, we print all these pieces that are going to go out. They take 7,000 pieces, 7,000 envelopes, letters, and those 7,000 get hand addressed on the letter, on the envelope, and get their personal note on the letter, 7,000 of them. They have lots of volunteers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that's where they focus their internal effort the other 23,000 we do the traditional nonprofit you know discounted bulk mailing so it's the same mailing but it's segmented segmented more and more organizations are segmenting because you get better results the more you can personalize we can talk a long time about personalization personalization works if it's done right and it can only be done right if you personally put eyes on it it, it, it really it's hard to accurately Reliably personalize a huge list, and in, in the way that we mean personalization, and we're not talking mail merge; we're talking way beyond that.
1: Absolutely, and um, I'm going to put a tag for CenterVision here. What what we do is build leadership, and leadership is a culture. It's a skill set and a culture. And leadership, to me, means three things: people who get things done, mm-hmm. getting results here. People understand how things get done. Mm-hmm. You've given us lots of daylight on that topic, and then. We're people of influence. We want to influence people, and you've 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 said, who do you want to influence, and how do you want to influence them, and then let's time it so that we we have a fair chance of getting recognized and we sequence it. I have a feeling we could talk all day on some of these subtopics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, and info at centervisionleadership.org is how you send us a question, and we'll get back to you. It may not be the instant you send it, and then we'll have uh, a blog post where you can comment. Uh, with the outline of of today's today's, uh, presentation. Bill Gilmer has an article coming up in uh, Nonprofit Performance Magazine in December. You should subscribe to that, nonprofitperformance.org. That's a free digital publication of leadership lessons, leadership uh, examples from people who have been there and done important things. These aren't people who make it up. These are people that have lived in the trenches and have a story to tell. And so thank you for being here today and we're going to give you some more insights uh, from the wisdom that Wordsprint, with Bill Gilmer leading it. Um, You've shown some really good leadership skills today. (laughs) So you've, you've found the vacuum and you've created the answer to the problem and you're continuing to evaluate it and revise it and and commit to the new result. We we think we have it down and we do the same thing. Well it's time to review it and say, okay. It is a moving target. (laughs) It it. always is always and we're in a society that's a moving target. So we have some some exciting um, interviews coming up. So Todd I'm gonna throw it back to you and tell us some of the some of the things coming up in the subsequent weeks. And we're normally going to do this on a Tuesday rather than a Wednesday. So so please fill us in on what that looks like, Todd.
0: Absolutely. Thanks to you. Thanks, Bill. Bill, um, tremendous insight. I, I know that I was sitting here and just gleaning so much information, and I know our members, as they're listening, whether they're listening live or they're listening on the replay, they're going to gain so much just from thinking about, particularly, the three legged stool. I, I love the, the analogy there, and I think that brings uh, the concreteness to the metaphor. And, Hugh, uh, to answer your question, we're really excited. We've got a lot of things coming up. We've got some amazing interviews that are going to be taking place over the next few weeks. and um, we, we just want to keep you guys posted on what's happening. Next week, we're going to be able to engage on Tuesday at 2 p.m., and that's 2 p.m. Eastern time. That's what we're working for. You should be able to see these weekly Tuesday at 2 p.m. Okay, We'll have a live or a, a, a recorded video that you can come in there. Tuesdays at 2 p.m., and then on Thursdays, we're going to have uh, some kind of Q&A session that you'll be able to join us for. So next Tuesday at 2 p.m., Ed Bogle is going to be talking to us about the importance of strategy, how strategy drives performance in nonprofits. So we're really excited uh, to have Ed on. Ed's going to be live with Hugh. They're going to be talking to uh, our audience, talking to you, helping you with understanding of the value and importance of strategy and then we've got people coming up after that what you'll see is if you go to our events page the events page the events tab on centervisionleadership.org you'll see an entire list of people that are coming up we've got thought leaders that are going to be talking to us very shortly in the coming weeks about fundraising about grant process about servant leadership and about a lot of other topics that are absolutely vital to you as an organization so we're really excited excited to have you on board with us excited to be able to to share this avenue for learning and leadership and this is a great opportunity uh, so we thank you uh, to bill and Hugh for kicking us off today really appreciate everybody being with us and, and just wanna say if there are any questions that you have as Hugh mentioned info at centervisionleadership.org. That's the place to get us. We can answer any questions. You'll see on our blogs an opportunity to contact us to be able to get back in touch, ask questions, and engage. We're really excited. Hugh, Bill, thank you guys so much for joining us today. and uh, We we look forward to uh, the next time around. Thanks, Bill.